You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And we're back for hour two of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frankie Chief Stample, and Pete Cutsador producing our show. So uh, we were talking about the Patriots uh, before uh, the last commercial break um, and the implications of Julian Edelman's uh, tearing of his ACL. So um, we talked about the wide receivers and how we think they might get affected, but it's, it's a little tough to, to tell, obviously, because week to week uh, you don't know what the Patriots are going to do in terms of running their offense, right? Uh, I trust. I'll tell you. Bill I trust Belichick. Brandon Cooks a lot more now. Though. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, he's we, jumped we, ten spots in my rankings yeah. overnight. <laughs> he definitely is, is someone that you know I wasn't as high on previous to this because I thought he was a little bit of a boomer bust. I mean, I thought he was going to have excellent numbers by the end of the season, but I still thought that maybe there were going to be weeks where he might you know not uh, you know might not perform to a wide receiver one standard. But now, obviously, he takes a bump up. But um, so talk about James White, Rex Burkhead, Dion uh, Lewis. Do we have to do it? Do we <laughs> no, have to do it, know, Joe? You don't have to. <laughs> but I, I thought maybe do you think that they're going to benefit from uh, loss of targets of, of Julian Edelman. I mean, it, it could help James White a little bit. Last year, he had 86 targets. He was the most targeted run, running back in this offense. Uh, actually, fun fact, he was the only running back to have 60 receptions not named Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson. So, I mean, he has that role in this offense. Belichick has always had one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Vereen, uh, before that, it was Kevin Falk. So, they, they've always had a pass-catching back. For the other guys, I mean, Deion Lewis started last night, played mm-hmm. the entire first drive. I know Mike Gillisley scored a touchdown, um, but Rex Burkhead has looked great as well. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a complete inconsistent from one drive to the next. You don't know who it's going to be. I'm not even talking about one game, this guy, one game, this guy. It can go from drive to drive. Mm-hmm. That's how volatile this situation right. could be. If you ask me who's most likely to score the touchdowns left behind by LeGarrette Blunt, I think Mike Gillisley fits that mold. I, right. I think he is uh, the well, strongest we running back of the 18, three. Right? I mean, no, you know, absolutely 10, not. Uh, A lot of people, that's why he, when he was getting drafted in the fourth, fifth round, people right. were chasing those 18 touchdowns. Right, right. They think, you know, Gillisley has double digit touch on the upside, which he might, he might, but to use a fourth, fifth round pick on a guy who might have double-digit touchdowns in an mm-hmm. offense where we have no idea who's right. going to be the guy from you know just one play to the next. Right. That's just way too rich for my blood. You know, if he falls to the seventh, eighth round range now, I think that's more where he should go. There's the MBFFs. I really broke it down. I think Gillis Lee is kind of a benefactor of the Bills' run scheme and you know being the second man there. And I don't know if I think he's kind of more of just a guy who. He was put in a prime position. Like, every Bills running back behind LeSean McCoy has succeeded. So I'm not crazy high on him myself. All right. Well, when we come back, special guest Alfie Crow, SB Nation's Big Cat Country, is going to talk some Jaguars football with us. When we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update.
And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, Mike Florio, Frankie Stanfield, Pete Considori producing our show. And very special guest joins us right now, Alfie Crow from SB Nation's Big Cat Country. We're talking Jacksonville Jaguars. And, I mean, news broke this morning about uh, Blake Bortles, how he's going to be starting week one. Uh, Alfie, you there? I am here. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for taking part of your weekend. Uh, And let's get right to it. I mean, the Jags, like I said, announced that Blake Bortles is going to be their starting quarterback uh, week one against the Texans. I mean, were they seriously considering opening the season with Chad Henney? Or do you think that was kind of a motivational tool? And uh, how long of a leash do you think that they give Um, Bortles? Well, given what uh, Doug Marone said in his press conference after naming Bortles, it sounds like it was never really an open competition. Um, But most of the local media here and fans thought that Chad Henney was going to start because Bortles just, he didn't really separate himself. And and if the competition stays open and the incumbent can't separate from the backup, a lot of the times, you know, you'll go with that backup just because he's different. But I don't think the leash is going to be very long um, because Bortles does have a tendency to turn the ball over and they want to run the ball and play defense. When you do that, you can't turn the ball over. So if he's still turning the ball over two, three, four games into the season, I I think he ends up on the bench. Hey, man, uh, Mike Fleury here. Thanks for joining us. And I I know you said if he keeps turning the ball over, he can end up on the bench. Chad Henney has, is not you know a guy who is not prone to turning the ball over. He certainly has lots of interceptions in his career. Is there a chance that the Jaguars can go outside of the organization and bring someone in? Uh, I think if they were going to do that, they would have done that by now. I, I think that ship has kind of sailed. Um, a lot of us are really you know perplexed that they, they added absolutely nothing to that position. Um, so it was um, a lot of people act around here have acted surprised, but I'm not sure why. You, I mean, they've started 40-plus games in the NFL. They are what they are. So um, it is a little surprising they haven't brought anyone in, and, and I don't foresee them bringing anyone in. With with that being said, I know it came out yesterday or throughout the week that Jaguars owner Shad Khan's statement about whether or not he would be open to signing Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I don't want to get too much into, obviously, the politics side of it or anything, but uh, should we take him at his word, or is this just a way of putting the attention on Tom Coughlin and the GM? Uh, no, I, I think Khan just, uh, I, know, I know the guy who answered, asked him that question, so I I think it was just a genuine answer from Shad Khan that you wouldn't block a move if they thought it it made the football team better. And he's always kind of been hands-off like that. Um, back when he first became the owner, he wanted them to sign Tebow, and, and the GM said, no, he's not any good. And he was like, okay. Um, so he, he does offer his suggestions, but he's, he's hands-off as far as kind of forcing the move. So if that was something that Tom Coughlin wanted to do, I, I think he would let them do it. So, uh, just last question regarding quarterbacks, because uh, we want to talk about uh, Fournette as well. But uh, so you said that he's uh, Blake Bortles is going to be on a short le- leash. Um, uh, Six round pick Brandon Allen. I mean, uh, Tom Coughlin, he's no stranger to handing over uh, an offense 
to a young quarterback. That's how Eli Manning got his start. Uh, do you see him as their quarterback of the future? Sure. I mean, uh, is there a chance that he might take over if uh, the Jaguars aren't uh, are kind of having a losing season late? Um, if you know, if they're late in the season and and it's clear the season's over, I think he would get a run out. Um, since you already know exactly what Chad Henney is. But the fact that he wasn't even in the discussion for the, the open starting job um, or to even be the primary backup, Henney was decided as the primary backup early in camp, um, it, it's it's a little confusing that they wouldn't even kind of give him a chance considering how things have gone. Um, but as far as quarterback in the future, it, it doesn't appear that that's how they view him. So I know you said earlier that they, they obviously want to play defense and run the ball a lot, and the run game obviously comes down to Leonard Fournette, and, but we haven't seen him yet in preseason. He, he's nursing that foot injury. While it's unrelated, it's the same foot that gave him issues in college. So is this just a case of the Jags being overly cautious, and is he still expected to be out there for week one? And just on that, do you, would you be surprised if he missed time this season due to that foot injury? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed time this season, um, but everyone expects him to start the first game of the season. I, I think he told him his, his toe, I think his turf toe, I think he said his toe was kind of bothering him. Um, and so they just wrapped him in bubble wrap and said, okay, you go stand over there. You don't need the preseason. You're a running back. You're a really good running back, so we'll just hold you out until week one. Um, so I, I don't. there's no real worries about him starting week one at this point. Um, but his his history shows he'll probably miss a game or two. Uh, with that being said, if something were to happen to Fournette, uh, who do you think would get the biggest bump? Would it be Chris Ivory? I mean, that's my personal uh, guess that it would be kind of Ivory in that short yardage role early downs and then maybe have TJ Yeldon come in on the passing downs. We saw Ivory run a touchdown in on Thursday night in the preseason. Uh, so if something were to happen to Fournette, who do you think gets the biggest bump uh, of the backup running backs? Yeah, I do think it would be Chris Ivory because his running style is very similar to, to Fournette. Uh, they're both kind of inside power guys. Obviously, Fournette has a lot more speed. but And I think Yeldon's going to be primarily just a third down back. He's the only guy they really have that can pick up blitzes. Um, he's good catching out of the backfield. But I do think it would be Chris Ivory who got that, that carry bump if Fournette were out. So uh, on to the wide receivers. Uh, Allen Robinson had the uh, same amount of targets in 2015 and 2016, uh, 151. Uh, receptions were kind of similar, but uh, his uh, yards, touchdowns, and yards after the catch went down significantly last season. I mean, how much of this can you blame on him, and how much do you think was part of the poor quarterback play of Bortles? I mean, and what do you think about him for this season? Uh, I think last year the drop in his numbers was probably 60-40, 60 on the quarterback. Um, his, his year he made the Pro Bowl, he had a lot of those jump ball situations, the 50-50 balls down the field, where he, uh, I like to say he kind of high-rolled on them and, and caught a lot more than he probably should have. Um, and then this past season he didn't catch nearly as many, so it, it took a hit on the numbers. Um, but overall I do think he got frustrated towards the end of the year. Um, with the whole play of the quarterback and the, the situation in their offense. But he's been fantastic all training camp. He's made a couple of highlight catches in the preseason. Um, there should be really no worries about uh, Allen Robinson himself. It's, it's more the worry of, you know, can the quarterback get him the football? 
So opposite of Mar- uh, Allen Robinson, you know, the other wide receivers there, people have a lot of questions about. We've seen Marquise Lee miss time due to injury. We've seen D.D. Westbrook miss time. And, and the other day, Allen Hearns got a lot of action in the slot. Who are the other two wide receivers that would be starting for the Jaguars? And do you think any of the, those three, Hearns, Westbrook, and Lee, could really step up and be a solid number two target for Blake Bortles or whoever it is at the, the helm? Uh, well, if Marquise Lee can stay healthy, um, I, I think he can be a solid number two target for them. He can line up outside in the slot. Um, he's really good after the catch, and he can get over the top of the defense. Um, and then an undrafted rookie this year who's who's really shined is uh, Keelan Cole. Uh, he's been taking first-team reps with Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee out. He's had a couple drops, but he's shown the ability to get open deep and, and score touchdowns. Uh, but if you're just looking for the number two guy, I would probably say if healthy, Marquise Lee. All right, that's Alfie Crow, and uh, Frankie has a follow-up. Yeah, I just wanted to go back to Allen Robinson real quick. Uh, with what you said about mm-hmm. the Jaguars being a – they want to be more of a run-first kind of defensive team this year. Overall, how do you think that affects his numbers? Do you think – I don't think he'll get back to his 2015 status of 1,414 touchdowns, but he won't be as bad as last year, right? Do you project him for, I don't know, like 75 to 80 uh, receptions and over 1,000 yards, or, or is that too ambitious based on how much they want to run the football? No, I, I, I think that's a good target for him. Um, he's going to be their number one guy. He catches he catches passes down the field. He's got a nice double move that they could use with play action if they're running the football. Um, he does really good catching in traffic on short. So I, I and Bortles loves to throw him in football. So especially while Bortles is, is in a quarterback, I, I don't think he'll have any issues getting the majority of the looks. All right, Alfie Crow from SB Nation's Big Cat Country. Uh, got your Twitter handle is at A L F I E B C C. Is that where our listeners could uh, follow you? That is correct. All right. Well, appreciate you coming on. Uh, appreciate you sharing a lot of great information regarding the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you have a great rest of the weekend. Hope to talk to you again as the season progresses. All right. Anytime. All right. You have a good one. So, Alfie Crow, uh, good stuff from him. Uh, looks like it looks like uh, Bortles is it for now. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to be talking Spencer Ware. We'll be talking... T.Y. Hilton, more fancy football. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, Frankie, Cheech, Stample, Mike Florio, and Pete Considori producing our show. And uh, so the big news, we talked about Julian Edelman. We talked about Blake Bortles. Uh, the other big news that happened last night was uh, Spencer Ware running back for the Chiefs being car- carted off the field. And uh looked worse than it was because now they're calling it a, a knee sprain. 
But uh, as soon as it happened, you know, there's just like a uh, a lot of Twitter uh, Twitter uh, uh, action on Kareem Hunt. Now, I, I really wasn't very high on Spencer Ware to begin with, but uh, a lot of talk on Twitter about Kareem Hunt shooting up draft boards like almost immediately after after the injury. I definitely was one of the higher people on Spencer Ware. I would say I had him in my top twenty-four borderline, but. I took it as, you know, last week him getting one snap, and then him this week, you know, before he got injured, he was really on the field a lot. I took it as he was the unquestioned starter. I thought Kareem Hunt would have a role. I, I thought they could maybe split the running carries mm-hmm. a bit, maybe like a, either even if it was 50-50, 60-40, but I thought Spencer Ware was going to be out there on all the passing down backs plays. That's just what he did so well last year. I mean, why were they going to take him out of that role? So I was probably a little higher on Spencer Ware, a little lower on Kareem Hunt than a lot of people, but I mean, after last night, when, when we thought his season was over, yeah. I, people were t- like tweeting me, Kareem Hunt now goes with those other rookies, right? And I was like, let's cool it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's wait and see on Spencer Ware. So now, yeah, like they're saying knee sprain probably out a few weeks. But, right. I mean, we could see him by the end of September. Right. So if that's the again, case. But then again, if Kareem Hunt is going to start the season as the yes. RB1 in, in Kansas I, City. I have him because you want to own a piece of the Chiefs run game, I believe. Andy Reid, mm-hmm. he's just going to run the ball. He, he always, you know, produces good running backs no matter where he was with the Eagles or now you know with the Chiefs so you want a piece of that and I, th- I have Kareem Hunt ranked 19 and 20 I, I believe I have him throw it up you have the same thing <laughs> yeah because because I, I mean I can't put him higher than that though and I can't put him in the same group as the other rookies because I do think when Spencer Ware comes back he will have a role and I also I don't think talent wise he is there with you know Mixon and and Dalvin Cook. I think those guys are a tier ahead of him, but Hunt is in that low-end RB2 discussion for him, and I moved Ware down now to about the early 30s. If you look at his college numbers, very, very good. 6.3 yards uh, per carry uh, for his career. Can catch the ball out of the uh, backfield, 41 receptions in his senior year. Uh, and the feedback that we've gotten so far in the preseason is Hunt has improved. I mean, good pass blocking, which is always important for a rookie uh, running back, and you're like like I said, he's going to be the number one guy there to start the season. And if he really starts hot, I, I don't know if you know Spencer Ware might have a role, but I'm not sure uh, if Hunt would relinquish that RB one. Yeah, especially if he's running well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched this Chiefs Seahawks game very intently, and I will say that on the first drive with all the starters in, Spencer Ware was dominating the snaps, and he didn't look bad by any means. Only three rushes for 15 yards but you know he he looked fine in that you know running between the tackles role um but I think we all knew Kareem Hunt was going to have a role in this offense regardless Mm -hmm. whether it was him on early downs Spencer Ware is more of the uh the passing down back everything that we've uh we've heard about Kareem Hunt and just watching him play he doesn't excel at just one thing he doesn't have breakaway speed he's not the strongest guy but he's solid he's solid all around like he can he can perform adequately in every facet as a running back. So, you know, he's, an, he's a pretty good pass blocker as well. Uh, so I do agree with you, Joe, that if, if he runs well early on, early on in the season, even with Spencer Ware coming back, you know, if it's week two, week three, later on in the season, he's probably not going to relinquish, you know, that 
that starting role. So right now, I, I I agree with Mike. I have him ranked RB19 right behind Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde for me and right ahead of Mark Ingram because I think we have concerns there mm-hmm. with the, the Saints running game, who's going to be the, the alpha dog there. And they're going to be splitting carries all over the place with New Orleans. So th- that's definitely a messy situation. So I move him right in that range, which warrants him being drafted maybe late, late fourth or early, early fifth round right now. Right. So earlier in the preseason, it seemed like Hunt, you you link him with Sammy J. Pirine, right? Because they were both two guys that uh, were going to start the season probably as the RB2s on their respective backfields. And now was, I'd, I'd rather, even then, I'd rather Hunt because I thought Hunt was going to have a role early on. Pirine, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we love him coming when he got drafted. We were all, oh, he's going to take over yeah. you know, for Washington. He's not there yet. Mm-hmm. A lot of what you know you, we've heard out of camp is not only is he having issues with pass blocking, which you expect out of rookies. A lot of the times that does happen for these young backs, but he was having issues with ball security early on in camp, yeah. and I think that really put him behind Rob Kelly because there's one thing that NFL coaches don't stand for, and that's turnovers. Mm-hmm. And if you're a running back and you you have issues with fumbling, it's a quick way to get yourself on the bench. So. I think P. Ryan will come on as the year goes on. I, I just think early on, he like if Spencer Ware was healthy and everything, I thought Hunt would have had a larger role early on than P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, obviously you'd much rather Kareem Hunt now. Right. Let me bring another. You have something? Yeah, friend? I will say this about Rob Kelly. I honestly think he's just a guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't see <laughs> immense talent there. I know he ran for four yards per carry. We're talking about P. Ryan who set the Oklahoma Oklahoma. rushing record all-time rushing record for for that school's history I think he is a talented running back and while he looked terrible in week one of the preseason he he responded nicely uh, in that second game against the Green Bay Packers where he ran hard he had eight carries uh, for 45 yards I don't think either one of these guys is going to be a factor in the passing game Um, I think that'll be Chris Thompson's role Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be Chris Thompson's role, but this is a very potent offense where if they get down the field um, and they have opportunities for their running backs to punch touchdowns in on the goal line, I mean, this could be a very fantasy viable position. We just have to figure out who that guy is going to be. Rob Kelly has not looked great either this preseason, so I still think this job is kind of up in the air. It'll probably be Rob Kelly's early on in the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets supplanted, you know, maybe three, four, five weeks into the year by some Ajay P. Ryan. I think he warrants taking in that you know low end RB three, high end RB four range around running back forty. So let me throw out another two names for you, unless Mike, you, you have something. No, no, no. I was going to say I, I agree with that mm-hmm. ranking. So um, Deonta Foreman, Derrick Henry, or P. Ryan. Who do you think? Let's say if our listeners are drafting and let's say they've already selected that they're RB one and RB two. Of those three names, who would you take? It's it's hard because I think Foreman is clearly out of it. I think he is last for me. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to take an upside of which of these guys could give me the most bang for my buck, mm-hmm. it's no hands down to me Derrick Henry. Like if DeMarco Murray goes down, Derrick Henry becomes like an RB1 mm-hmm. for me. But I think if Henry stays healthy and Rob Kelly stays healthy, I think P. Ryan will ultimately take the larger role because I do expect him to quickly steal carries away more and more and more as the season goes on. So I think it 
if you're looking at it, who could who is the better chance of being a guy I could plug in my lineup every week? I think it's P Ryan. But if you're looking just who could be this home run that would be my league? Yeah, I think it's Derrick Henry. Yeah, your two running backs established. I'm talking about someone that you know, that you're looking at that could eventually take over a backfield. Just quickly, you mentioned Foreman. You're very low on him. It sounds no, no, no. no. I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not. I think out of those three, he is. I have him the okay. lowest ranked, and I, I think I, I think I don't know if Frank would agree, but mm-hmm. for those three, he, for me, gotcha. It's okay. those two, and then him. Okay. Yeah, I have those two in the third. 35 to 40 range, and then I have Deontay Foreman at running back 50, mm-hmm. um, but I think there's a chance that he could not completely just take over the starting job from Lamar Miller, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point this year this becomes a 50-50 backfield where mm-hmm. maybe Lamar Miller is getting one drive and then Deontay Foreman is getting one drive. Foreman has looked very good yeah. in the preseason. Look, he he's not... A polished product by any means. He still needs a lot of work in pass protection. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about why why we have our concerns with P. Ryan is because of pass protection. So mm-hmm. there there is that concern for Foreman, but he can run the football. I'm telling you that right now, mm-hmm. and we've seen him have a few uh, very long receptions in the preseason already yeah. as well. So. I think Lamar Miller. What we saw last year is that he got a lot of volume and broke down mm-hmm. uh, around the middle of the year, and he's not fit to be a you know, 275-plus touch kind of guy. He's just not. Look at the way that he's built. So if they figure that out and they think Lamar Miller is better in a 12-15 to touch role, that's not going to warrant him being drafted in the third or fourth round of fantasy drafts right now. Uh, We took him one week ago, but we got him at the end of round five. Mm -hmm. We got him with the 11th pick of round five. I I mean, I'll take him there all day right now because he's a starting running back. Mm -hmm. But if at some point he becomes a 12-15 to touch guy, with Deontay Foreman becoming a also you know ten to twelve touch yeah. guy, where it becomes more of a fifty fifty split, he's not going to pay off third fourth round value for you, which is where he's going. Right. It seems that that would be the smart thing for the Texans to do. If you look at uh, Pro Football Focus uh, uh, yards after contact, they said uh, that his best yards after contact come when he has or last season when he had between fifteen to nineteen rushes per game. So if the Texans are smart, they will manage his his touches. Yep. Are you uh, in on uh, Miller at all? Or Yeah, I, I have Miller ranked do, do you, in... Do you like him better than, than what, how we've been... No, 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 I agree with you guys. I have him more towards my 15 to 20 rankings. I think I have him 17. I could pull it up right now. I think I have him 17 in standard and like 18 in PPR in that range. I think we do too I, many shows together. Because our <laughs> rankings are like eerily similar. I have him 17 in standard and in PPR 17. So I have him 17 mm-hmm. overall in both. And... While I do think Foreman could, you know, carve a role for himself, I don't think Lamar Miller, like, I, I, 50-50, I think is a little too ambitious. I could see mm-hmm. it being more like 60-40 just to keep Miller fresh. Right. That's, I think, Foreman's role, just to keep Miller kind of fresh and be reliable when they need to give the ball to someone else. All right, when we come back, more fantasy football talk. We'll talk to Dolphins. We'll talk T.Y. Hilton. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yes, we are. We're here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update Draft Weekend. Again, if you need help with your draft, tweet out to us at FNTSY Radio. Give us a call, 844-843-6879. Let's talk about the Dolphins. Uh, Looks like Jake Cutler might have been right. He he don't need no stinking cardio. 
You looked okay the other night, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he looks better than okay, I guess. I mean, I like Jay Cutler for one reason, Joey. Because he smokes? No, 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 no. That's smoking Jay Cutler. <laughs> That's pretty funny, but I like him because he's going to give us the gift of Devontae Parker. There you go. Okay. My bold prediction, mm-hmm. it's bold, but it was going to be Devontae Parker, top 20 wide receiver this year. Wow, that is pretty bold. I don't have him ranked as that mm-hmm. because, you know, like, that that's from being super bold. But I will tell you this. Not only would I rather have Devontae Parker than Jarvis Landry, mm-hmm. in, in standard leagues, I am moving Jarvis Landry behind Devontae Parker in my rankings. Yeah, I've already done it. I have I have Devontae Parker at wide receiver 30. And I have Jarvis Landry in that mid-30 range. Um, I had Jarvis Landry in a standard league last year, and it was just so frustrating yeah. because, I mean, I guess he provides a safe floor with his yardage. He'll mm-hmm. give you five to six points in a standard league, but he scores no touchdowns. That's never been part of his game. Why would that become part of his game now with Jay Cutler as his quarterback? Right. Jay Cutler is a guy who typically, you know, he'll target that bigger outside receiver. We've seen him do it with Alshon Jeffrey, with Brandon Marshall in years past. He's going to get the tight end involved, too. We saw Julius yeah. Thomas had a red zone touchdown on right. the goal line just the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Adam Gase has familiarity with Julius Thomas yep. as well. So Jarvis Landry is not going to score touchdowns. You do not want this guy in a standard league. Not even as your wide receiver three. I'm telling you that right now. He is going to frustrate you. I had him last year, and that was with Tannehill, and it still frustrated me. So it's not going to get better with Jay Cutler. So I agree 100% with Devontae Parker over Jarvis Landry in standard leagues. I I have absolutely no problem with it. I've Looking at it just now, I think I'm doing it in PPR as well. I really want no part of Jarvis Landry this year. So you don't think that he could uh, get his customary, you know, ninety plus, you know, eighty five plus receptions? I, I, I think he could, but mm-hmm. I think I mean when Jay Cutler plays one game with them and comes out and says, "Wow, Devontae Parker is a bigger, faster Alshon Jeffrey," and mm-hmm. just every time we see them on the field together, he's just peppering him with targets right. and. And Jarvis Landry, it's not even like, you know, it's, all right, it's Parker, then it's Landry. No, it's Parker, and then it's Landry slash Stills. You right. know, they're splitting. And then, like Frank said, there's Julius Thomas there. I, one, uh, Landry's never going to be a high-volume touchdown guy. He just isn't. But two, you look at it, the biggest change in, from Tannehill to Cutler. Tannehill is a guy who hardly threw the ball deep down the field, was always throwing it his... his uh, Yards per target were for all his receivers were always super low. He was actually, I believe, one of the worst in that category last year. Where Jay Cutler throughout his entire career is always a guy who's going to sling the ball down the field. He, his yards per target is always going to be towards the top in the league. So that's just not what Jarvis Landry could do. I think Jarvis Landry is going to be inconsistent week to week. And I just, if I'm using taking a pick there for my wide receiver three, I'm go, I'm trying to hit that home run. I'm going with the guy who I think has the higher ceiling, and I just think is overall going to have a better year with Jay Cutler, and that's Devontae Parker. What about that the Dolphins have been uh, a run-first team? Do you think that Adam Gase is going to allow him to be a game uh, gunslinger or maybe more of a, a game manager? I don't think Jay Cutler will never can be a game manager. He will never be a game manager. Yeah, he just can't. That's just his style of play. He is a gunslinger. He throws into tight coverages uh, even when he is being pressured. His eyes are down the field. That's the biggest difference between him and Tannehill. Mm-hmm. When Tannehill gets in trouble, uh, when there's pressure coming at him, 
He's looking for short passes. He's looking for intermediate routes. Uh, he's looking to throw the ball out of bounds. Jay Cutler, when he's in trouble, he's looking down the field. He's mm-hmm. still trying to make big plays, and sometimes that works against him, but the person that's going to benefit the most uh, is a Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. I do agree. I mean, there could be inconsistencies within this entire passing offense on a game-to-game basis, so that's why I'm not getting, you know, I'm not going too high on Devontae Parker yet. I still have him, you know, ranked in that wide receiver 30 range uh, in standard leagues. I think he could score some touchdowns touchdowns this year, but I think on a game-to-game basis, uh, this passing attack overall will be inconsistent, especially if Julius Thomas is taking away in the red zone. I agree with you, Joe. Mm -hmm. Uh, The question about Ajayi, I think they want to run the ball. I think last year what we saw is they made it to the playoffs on the back of Jay Ajayi, Mm -hmm. you know, giving him 20-plus touches per game. Yeah. That, I think that's what this offense is going to be, and it's going to revolve around him. I mean, it's only he looked he damn looked good the other day. The night, he's, a, right? he's a powerful runner, uh, very versatile. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, with not, which not a lot of people know about him. Mm-hmm. He had 50-plus receptions in his last year at Boise State. He is certainly a capable receiver out of the backfield. And I've said this time and time again. I'm going to stand by it. He has top five running back upside. Just mm-hmm. last night, I moved him ahead of DeMarco Murray again. I've been flip-flopping on those two. Uh, DeMarco Murray is the safer option, but if you want to draft for upside in round two, J.H.I. is your guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, Johnson, Bell, Freeman, McCoy, Ajayi, top five. Maybe not exactly in that order, but... I could see it. The way I mean, gonna... look, there's going to be injuries. Anything can happen once the season starts. You know, we talk about LaShawn McCoy, how he's a lock. He's going to be a workhorse. Maybe the fact that he gets more work will make him more susceptible to injury. Right. We've seen that with him I'll in the past. You, I love McCoy, but if I do draft, and I have a few drafts coming up this week, if I do take him, I kind of want to make sure that I get Jonathan Williams. You have there. to. Yeah. I know a lot of people are against yeah. handcuffs, yeah. but with That's guys guy that we've seen... Because you're taking him in the first round, yeah. he's a little older, and you have a point. I mean, maybe the, the extended use this season might might hurt him a little bit. And the Bills, the Bills are team... wise uh, They've consistently had a second running back who has been fantasy viable yeah. just one year ago Mike Gillisley 5.7 yards per carry mm-hmm. the year before Carlos Williams averaged over 5 yards per carry and scored touchdowns at a crazy rate so I mean whether it's just for a handcuff or not the Bills have always produced a second running back who has been fantasy viable at times right and uh, look Ajayi right from week 6 on he had the most carries and rushing yards of any uh, NFL running back and uh, ranked first in pro football focuses elusive rating metrics. So uh, I like him a the lot The sky as well. is the limit for yeah. a Jai, man. If that offensive line is healthy uh, and the defense has to respect Jay Cutler if he's playing well, the, the sky really is the limit for Jay Jai. And you talked about Julius Thomas. I mean, uh, here's a guy who had some really big years uh, under Adam Gase. In uh, in Denver, uh, of course, it was a different quarterback. But uh, do you see him as someone that you would uh, like to take a late flyer on? I see him more. As a tight end? I, I mean, you can in a twelve-team league. I mean, I have him ranked sixteenth uh, in standard and PPR. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I, he's a little bit better in standard because of the touchdown upside that he has. I think he's going to be one of these guys that you stream week to week because if he, I mean, we saw the other day he had two catches, one yard, and a touchdown. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's going to kind of be him in a nutshell. You're going to stream him, hoping to get a touchdown. If the week he doesn't score, you're going to drop him, and then then Frank's going to pick him up right. and stream him, and then I'm going to pick him up and stream him. I think he's going to be one of those guys because of the touchdowns. But I mean, if he ends up becoming their their go to red zone option, but I, I once again, I think that will be Devontae Parker. Greg mm-hmm. Sussman brought up a good stat uh, on BFFs one day that for pure end zone targets, Devontae Parker was 
above and beyond and, and led them last year. So they also have Kenny Stills who had nine touchdowns last right. year. I, I think that they, they're touching up the ball. It will go around in the end zone. I just don't think it will go to Jarvis Landry. But, right, right. but I do think that's where Julius Thomas's value is going to be had just as a pure red zone threat. What about if you're a guy or a gal that takes uh, Gronkowski – who you take them probably in, what, second, third round, and maybe a Jordan Reed. Guys that, tight ends that are fantastic, but tend to get hurt. I mean, do you, then maybe does he have more value as, let's if, say, like second to, you know, if right I'm taking, you're taking your It's your crazy <laughs> to say, but if I'm taking Gronk and I want to have a backup, yeah. I'll just go with the... Uh, Dwayne Allen, and if I'm taking Jordan Reed, I'll just go with Vernon Davis. Mm-hmm. So I'll have whichever one of those tight ends starts for those teams every week. Mm-hmm. I think people are sleeping on Julius Thomas a little bit, Joe. I mean, according to Fantasy Pros, he's tight end 20 off the board at pick 178. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is going dirt cheap. You right. get him last round pick in your draft. A guy that we've seen is a proven red zone threat. Obviously, that was with Peyton Manning yeah. and Denver Broncos offense. We're not projecting him for that. Obviously, look how late he's going in drafts, but, mm-hmm. you know. Earlier on, Mike said something interesting about tight ends, that really all you need them to do is score a touchdown, and they'll be a tight end one that week. Well, if there's anything that Julius Thomas can do, it's score touchdowns. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so, um, why don't we move over to a situation that we've been, all of us fantasy players have been dealing with all season long, or preseason long, and it's Adam Luck's health. So, Adam Luck. Andrew Luck, Joey. Adam. It's all right. His real name I'll Adam. help you out there. Thank you. Thank it's you. been a long morning, you know? Come on, you know? Morning moved into afternoon. So, uh, Adam Luck. I mean, Andrew Luck. <laughs> so, when do, you, when do you think that this guy is actually... I mean, it's, it's obvious he's not going to start week one. He hasn't started throwing yet. I I don't know, man. It's so up in the air, and I've really been debating where to rank Luck, where to rank T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. Like, I currently have T.Y. Hilton at wide receiver 12, and... I don't feel great about taking him there. Like I'll wait around and just take someone else instead. But like I, I have a hard time putting him super low. Like like I, I can't really put him behind. Like, I love Terrell Pryor, but I have him currently still ahead of Terrell Pryor. I have him still ahead of like Demarius Thomas mm-hmm. and, and Keenan Allen because I, I know if Andrew Luck misses one week or two weeks. T.Y. Hilton is still going to be up there with these guys. And it's not like T.Y. is the one that's banged up. I know it drags his value down as well. Mm-hmm. I had T.Y. Hilton like eight. I can't really justify like a DeAndre Hopkins putting ahead of T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I also have him in that same exact range. For all those wide receivers that are right behind him, you have concerns about those guys too. Dem- Demarius Thomas has his own concerns with the mm-hmm. quarterback play, lack of touchdowns. Right. Terrell Pryor going over to a new team that's probably going to spread the ball around. Uh, I will say this. Two years ago when Andrew Luck only played seven games, T.Y. Hilton finished as wide receiver 22 that year, and on a per-game basis, this is in standard, he finished as wide receiver 29. That's in fantasy points per game among wide receivers. So if Andrew Luck you know, is missing week one, week two, week three, can't get back, misses a large majority of the season, we're looking at the floor of T.Y. Hilton, which is like wide receiver 24 to 30, which is very bad. All right. When we come back... We'll close out the show with more fantasy football talk. Weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend fantasy update. Stay tuned for Al Melchior with Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball. That's coming up right after our show. 
Slow ride. There's a funny story with this song. Is there? Yeah, you have a big smile on your face. Mike, like Frank, do you, you want Frank and Mike Florial? Do you want to reveal the story? So Why one not? night, when we were we were, probably, were we in high school or college? I think high school. We went out and uh, adult beverages were consumed, uh-huh, uh-huh. and we went back to our one friend's house and we tried playing. Guitar Hero. No, no, no. You tried. I could play it. You I, tried. I never owned the game or anything in my defense, right. but yeah, I, that's the easiest song in the game, and I couldn't do it. Yeah, it was Slow Ride on Easy, and it was just like a cheerful, do it. you know, I was, 16, 17-year-old Michael Florian, he's like, yeah! I was also the song. intoxicated and yeah. never played the game before. So. Have you played it since? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Fun, uh, I mean, it, it's probably not very popular now, but I remember when my kids were young, we used to play a lot. Uh, Kansas, Wayward Son was one of my favorite songs yeah, to yeah. play. Yeah, right? that, that was in Guitar Hero too. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Yeah. yeah, great playlist for both of those <laughs> games. It's, it's not as popular now. Uh-huh. Um, my brother has the new the newest version of it, it's just, it's Whoa. kind of, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I struck a chord with uh I'm sorry. I, I just have to say this. I was a big Guitar Hero and Rock Band fan. Yeah. Guitar Hero kind of tanked that Guitar Hero 5, even at World Tour. Mm. Rock Band just went away for some reason, came back, revamped it, and then they're like, oh, yeah, here's some songs that are not rock songs. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The newest one was not great. They've, like, changed the guitar and, like, mm-hmm. the way you play. It's it's very different than what it was. All right. Well, uh so uh, maybe we should get together and you know just jam. Yeah. Slap yeah. the bass. <laughs> very good. Joey, I want to ask you a question. Go it's ahead. not football related at all, but it's very time is it, is related it personal? right now. Cuz I'm a little nervous. No. Okay. <laughs> Who are you picking tonight, Joey? Who am I picking tonight? Yeah. Uh probably McGregor. Really? Yeah. Oh god. Are you rooting for him or do you think Come he's going on, to win? Joe. Why 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 can't I pick him? I why? mean you can, you no. can. That's fine. I'm rooting for McGregor. I yeah. don't think he'll win, but if he does, right. oh, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, I mean, have, have you why seen you this so, guy's beard? It's, yeah. it's the same color why, as McGregor. Why are you so down on him? I mean, he, I think he has no chance. Mm-hmm. I would put his chances at less than, uh, I guess there's a chance, percentage-wise, I'd put it at like 3%. Right. There's a big difference in Honestly. age there, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mayweather that's what they're 40, trying to sell yeah, it yeah. as. But They also, I watched the weigh-in yesterday. Yeah. Mayweather's the GOAT, man. Mayweather is at 149. He he left four pounds on the table, mm-hmm. and McGregor came in barely just under yeah. 154. I know had a problem and they said weight, tonight, tonight, he is going to be 170 pounds. <laughs> yeah, so how's he going to put these that's, 20 pounds that's on? That's 20 pounds more than what, what Mayweather's going to win. He's going to have the can body you, and the size, but... Can you realistically put that much weight on in one day? These boxers can. I don't know. What I the mean, hell? Because that, they... they they cut so much water weight. It's going to slow him that, down, like, though, wouldn't it? Well, no, the, he walks around at like 180. Well, one of the most famous fights, the, uh, you've heard of the No Moss fight, Sugar Ray yeah, Leonard absolutely. and Roberto Duran. The Durant. golden age of boxing, Supposedly, like, one of his One of Roberto Duran's excuses was that he, he ate too much before the fight. They get a huge steak. You, uh, that, yeah. Yeah, that, like, maybe, I, maybe he had to go to bathroom. When they were, they were the bringing him more no food. Moss. They were bringing him more food. He was like, nah, no Moss. No <laughs> yes, yesterday when they said he was going to be 170, I was like, oh my God, how do you gain that much weight? But then I looked into and apparently it's like a common thing with that fighters. Could put on, fighters could put on that much weight in a short period. In like a day because yeah. they cut so much like weight and mm-hmm. all the water weight and everything that just like naturally they they gain like McGregor fights at like 150 but mm-hmm. he walks around like 170 180 like it's right. it's crazy. Now Mayweather has he he hasn't fought since he last fought Pacquiao, right? But that was like a year and a he half. He hasn't ago? fought in like yeah, like two years. He hasn't knocked yeah. anyone out in like right. six or seven years. I, I think he's had like a few like low key fights right. since then. There's no were, such thing as a low key Mayweather. They were fight. terrible draws though. Like he's coming off some of the worst draws in his in his career. I think you're thinking of Pacquiao. I could be. Maybe, I know his yeah. last one was like on ESPN, and that was that. terrible. Yeah, yeah, that was Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. Pacquiao has fought since the Mayweather right. one. I don't think Mayweather has, but I will look it up. 
All right, so quick uh, prediction. Mayweather. Mayweather, but let's go McGregor. I'll go McGregor. I got to go different. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. More Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.